Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Good evening, Steeler fans. Uh, this is Jeffrey Benedict from Behind the Steel Curtain. I'm a contributor there, and I also work on the Know Your Enemy podcast with Michael Beck. I hope you've been enjoying our Christmas series of memory podcasts, uh, and today it's my turn. Mine's going to go a little different than, than some of the other ones you've heard today, as I can't really give you a specific Christmas memory uh, that ties in with the Pittsburgh Steelers, but instead I'm going to tell you a bit of a story of, a Christmas, of some Christmas memories. I grew up in a small family. It was just my mom, my sister, and myself. And when we would go to Christmas, if we could get everyone, the uncles and aunts and all my cousins together, it was about 10 people. Uh, I was the youngest of the youngest. And uh, I was the youngest son of my the youngest daughter of my grandparents. Both, And I, I wasn't around my grandparents from the age of four onwards. I don't, I don't really have mem- much memories of them. So Christmas was never a, a huge deal in my house. It was, it was often just, you know... As I got a little older, it would often just be my mom, my sister, myself, and my Aunt Esther. And that was it. Uh, I have great memories of those Christmases, though. My Aunt Esther always did the stockings. They always had fresh fruit, uh, unshelled nuts that we had to get a nutcracker out. Uh, And there was always a box of Cracker Jack. Always a box of Cracker Jack in the bottom of of the stockings. We would get we'd get presents, but it wasn't much. There was just a few of us. And there wasn't a lot of money, so you, my mom would always save up and make sure we got you know something nice. She always got us something nice at Christmas time. But the gifts were never my favorite part of the holiday. It was always just 
being together, being with my family in a time where people were actually happy. You know, people were, my family was genuinely happy at Christmas time. My favorite childhood memory of Christmas is one day where I had finished, we were getting ready for Christmas dinner. I had finished my part of it. I'd set the table. I had cleaned some things up and I was done. And I hid under the dining room table. There was a big tablecloth on it. And I hid underneath the table and I just sat there and listened to my mom and my sister and my aunt talk where my mom and sister were genuinely happy. My mom would often put on a good face for us when things weren't well. But at Christmas time, she was genuinely happy. And that always stuck with me. My whole life growing up, that stuck with me as one of my favorite Christmas memories. As I graduated from high school, I went off to college. I met the lady who's now my wife. We got married. Her family, in contrast to mine, was much bigger. They lived in a, a house... They're, they're from the Pittsburgh area. They lived in a big orchard house with seven bedrooms. Uh, at one point, it had been divided into three different apartment buildings by a previous owner. They came in, stripped a lot of the walls away, changed a lot of things, rebuilt the house from the inside. And they lived there. She grew up with all four of her grandparents in her house with her. She had three siblings herself, her mom and dad. And then often they would have cousins come over. Uh, they even had cousins live with them when when some things got weird with her family. Uh, but when they would get together for the holidays, there'd be 30, sometimes 40 people there in that house all together. When I we first got married, her one grandmother was still alive. So that whole side of the family would all come to the house because she was living there with, with my wife and her family and her parents. Um, so it was a big deal. I'd go to that Christmas and it, it was stunning to me to see so many people in the house. And I, I always felt like kind of an outsider because to me, my family had just been my mom and my sister. And all of a sudden I'm in this house where, and in this family where family is everybody. And they're like, oh, you're family. And I'm like, am I, am I really like, are you my family? I don't know. I was kind of withdrawn from them. Uh, Meanwhile, my mom moved to Tennessee. She's a bit of a loner and she, and we didn't see her much for Christmas anymore. Uh, so my sister and I and uh, her husband and, and my wife tried to keep, you know, stuff going. Mostly all we kept was we'd do stockings. We'd exchange some presents and hang out and play some games. But it really wasn't, it wasn't the same. And our, it felt kind of like my family's Christmas had ended. And, and Christmas was something I did with my wife's family. Well, we moved to Chicago for my wife's graduate school. Then we lived in Ohio for a while. Uh, you know, we're in our 20s. We're figuring things out, figuring out where we want to live. Where do we want to go? What does my wife want to do with her her life? What do I want to do for her? We're looking at all these different options. We're applying for jobs. We're looking around the country. Where do we want to do? go? What do we want to do? And we find out my wife's pregnant. It's going to be our first child. We've been married four years. We're going to have a kid. And we both decide we want to move back to the Pittsburgh area. My sister and her husband had jobs and they lived in Monroeville. So we're going to move back. We start looking at apartments. And meanwhile, her her last grandparent alive, her grandmother, has passed on. Her uh, one brother is getting married. Her sister is in college. And that house, which was used to having, you know, seven to ten people living in it all the time, was down to three. And they were going to, her dad was even talking about closing up the second and third floor of the house and just sealing them off. And I told my wife, I was like, why... You know, why are we going to pay rent to some landlord when we could, you know, live in your your house, pay rent to family 
and you know and and have a whole second floor to ourselves so we moved in there we had a we had like four bedrooms uh, we had a, a living room our own bathroom uh it, it was fantastic for you know it was fantastic we worked out a good a good rent agreement and one of the nicest things was for a person who didn't have much time around his grandparents the idea that my daughter would be born and and have the first couple of years of her life around her grandparents was incredibly important to me that that meant a lot uh and my mom i love her she loves me we're we're, we're still relatively close but she's she's doing her own thing you know she was off doing her own thing so so this was this was family this is what my kids had this is what my daughter was going to have so i move in there and at the at the time we moved there we're even we're getting ready to move and my sister is like so you're moving in you know you're moving to cheswick pa to live with your in-laws are you going to stay there and i'm like uh, i don't know <laughs> like like we haven't even we haven't worked out you know we are, I haven't even moved in yet. I don't know how long this is going to last. And because they were looking to buy a house, they were looking to get out of the apartment they were living in. Uh, my brother-in-law's job had settled, and they were going to be able to stay in Pittsburgh and not move around. So they were like, well, "Let's, we're going to move towards you. We're going to move by you and be around our niece." They didn't have any kids of their own. They didn't want their own kids, but but they absolutely loved the idea of being, you know, uncle and aunt. So they moved in near us we committed that you know even if we leave this house and move away from from megan's parents we'll stay in the area they move uh a 10 minute walk from where we're living and uh so we're all nearby i've got more people nearby to spend time with than i've ever had i've got my sister back you know near me with her her husband and my daughter is born february 1st 2008 that's a, it's a good date, February 1st, 2008, remember that. And I have, for the first time, I feel like, you know, I really have my own family. Like, I grew up with my mom, my sister, and I, and now it's my wife, my daughter, and I. And my sister is living 10 minutes away. I can just walk down and see her anytime I want. Uh, my daughter has grandparents. She has an, uh, her, my wife's youngest brother was in high school still. So she, my daughter has her uncle living in the house and they, they hit it off. They were great. Like it was a great situation and my family's really like coming together and I've got, you know, always wanted a bigger family, always wanted family stuff. Family was always the most important thing to me. And here I am, like I've arrived. This is, this is my family. I've got the most family I've ever had. And I'm in a good situation. And that year, 2008, was the first year I really started watching Steeler games regularly. Uh, my mom was absolutely against football, called it a bunch of Neanderthals crashing into each other. She thought it was awful, wasn't allowed to watch it. I had to, I had to sneak watching football games in the 90s. Got married early on. We, we were often busy. I didn't have a lot of time to watch. I'd listen on the radio sometimes. We were in Chicago. They weren't on television. So this is the first year I'm back in Pittsburgh, living in Pittsburgh, and I'm going down and watching the games at my sister and brother-in-law's house, and they're getting to spend time with, you know, their niece. She's tiny. She's crawling, learning to walk. They have a little dog. It's great family time, and it's the first time in my life where family came together and football was involved with the Steelers. 
And it's just this whole great year, that whole great year of my life, having my own family, establishing that and having kind of the family I've always wanted finally there. And at the same time, the Steelers are having this absolutely fantastic 2008 season. And it culminates in that year where we're family, you know, the holidays, my daughter's very first Christmas, my first Christmas being living with my wife's family and having my sister right there, big Christmas to do everything. And I'm there to help, you know, set it up, help cook, help do some of the things. That was big to me. It was such a big season. And then I actually don't really remember much of that first Christmas for my daughter's first Christmas. I look at pictures. I'm like, oh yeah, okay. I remember that. But, but the memories aren't very strong. The stronger memory for me is my daughter's first birthday. Uh, which February 1st, 2009 was Super Bowl 43. And my daughter's one year old. She's, she's starting to walk. She's standing well, starting to walk. And I've got this great video of her in front of the television looking at me and I'm, I'm filming her and she is waving a terrible towel. She's in her little tiny Steelers outfit. She can't fully walk, but if she isn't waving that towel absolutely perfectly. And that, that to me was like, that was the holiday for me. That was the bigger, that was the bigger holiday, even bigger than Christmas. Uh, but it was, it was to me the coming together of family, of situations, a great magical Steelers run. My daughter still remembers that day. She was one year old and she has memories from that game. She remembers things that happened. Uh, some of the special treats she got to have. She stayed up the whole game, didn't fuss, didn't cry. It was just a fantastic and amazing day. And uh, really, this, that moment to me is the start that season, that Christmas, and then, you know, through the Super Bowl. That's the start of, of the life that I'm currently living. Uh, I've been fortunate enough to, to get years, years now as a, as a stay at home father with my, with my daughter and my son. And, uh, I'll have to add this in. I I have a new favorite Christmas memory. This just a few weeks ago, we make tons of Christmas cookies now, tons of Christmas cookies every year. So I mail them out to family. This, this year was even bigger because we can't meet so many of the people we're not going to be able to meet up with. So we're just mailing Christmas cookie trays to everybody. And there was this, there was this great moment just about a week ago where where we had that snow, the big snow and I'm in the kitchen with my daughter and we are making Pfeffernus. It's a, it's a German spice cookie. So good. Smell is incredible spreading through the house. It smells incredible in the house. I'm in there with my daughter in the kitchen. I look out the window and the snow is falling. There's white on the ground. And I just, I felt that same feeling. Like when I was, when I was that little kid hiding under the table, hearing the happiness in my family, you know, and, and this time it was me, it was my turn to be the parent and just, just being happy, just, just being with family and just sharing those moments. And in, in a year where so many things have been crazy and chaotic, being able to look and say, you know, this is, this is what really matters. This is, this is what's truly good. Having this time, sharing, you know, the love of family, good food, just having fun and being happy. And that's 
probably my new probably my new favorite Christmas Christmas memory is that right there. I hope uh, I hope you enjoy my my little bit of scatterbrain story here uh, of, of family and Christmas, and I hope that in whatever way you are able to interact with family this year, I hope it I hope it goes well for you. I wish you all the best. Uh, God bless you and uh, Merry Christmas. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.